baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. She's a nasty, nasty woman. I don't, why do I like doing that? I don't know. You got to do it with the hands, too. You know, and he's the, doing it with the hands. Yes, the accordion. Thank God for Tori, because yes. honestly, I don't want to watch what's happening in New Hampshire. I'm. See, I'm, I've totally flipped on this. I don't oh, know why really? I am so intrigued with the New Hampshire primary suddenly. I'm not that. I mean, I guess it's now down to Nikki and, and Donald. I'm a and, Granite State guy, you know? Yeah. I like New Hampshire. I like that I've been there. It's beautiful. Lake Winnipesaukee is beautiful. But, Tori, thank God that you're watching this so I don't have to. So, what's Tori's the latest? from Vermont. So, oh, lovely. So, does Vermont and New Hampshire, do they, like, hate each other? Is there a rivalry? No. No. We went over Vermont. I mean, New Hampshire had the Walmart. New oh, Hampshire had oh. no sales tax. Spent a lot of time. And I stood in a... Spent my childhood on Lake Winnipesaukee in the summer, so oh, it's really beautiful. Love Lake Winnipesaukee. It's very there. beautiful, yeah. Okay, so what is happening in New Hampshire? I, I read, or I was listening this morning, that there's one uh, town in New Hampshire. They always vote first for tradition. There are six votes that were cast in the town, and they all went for Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Are you yep. hearing anything exactly. early out of New Hampshire, and is that just an anomaly? Well, that's what we know. I mean, that's obviously a very small sample. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the polls show have shown, you know, President Trump, former President Trump with a lead. Um, but it really is kind of a, you know, a Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, as we know, has dropped out. So on the Republican side, it's kind of can Nikki Haley make a strong showing, kind of stay in the race, keep some momentum, or does uh, former President Trump effectively lock up the nomination uh, tonight? And you're seeing more and more Republicans um, kind of line up behind former President Trump and endorse him, perhaps a sign of the inevitability of him as the you know, presumptive nominee. But anything can happen. You know, we'll see what happens with the, the turnout tonight in New Hampshire. That's the thing. I've, so I'm hearing, you know, if she's within like six percentage points of, of the former president that uh, it buoys her campaign, but you know, I saw her. Uh, Nora O'Donnell interviewed her this morning at CBS, and those are the. It's so strange because the. It seems like okay, if you lose significantly tonight or not by the margin you had hoped, and they go to South Carolina. I mean, South that's her home state, but Donald Trump is heavily mm-hmm. favored there. It's like, what is the path forward? And it seems like there is no path. But that's kind of the frustration. Is like, why? It's like there are so many other states out there that should have a stay or a say, and it feels like this thing is just getting started, and it could be over before it even starts. I mean, that a lot of things can happen, and then and the you know lead up to the conventions this summer, of course. But that is kind of one thing we've seen over the years, right? That early states really matter, and that's why there's been so much debate, particularly on the Democrat side, uh, which we can talk about the local angle there if we want about who should get to go first, right? Because there is an outsized impact often from these early states in terms of momentum. And some of it is an expectations game. You know, you were mentioning whatever the margin is, six points, eight points. It's almost less about exactly how much you get versus 
how much you were expected to get, right? <laughs> right? Sometimes it, it comes down to that. Um, and so, you know, we will see. Nikki Haley has gotten a lot of, we had this in Axios AM this morning, I believe. You know, she's gotten a lot of media coverage in the past couple of days, whether that translates to moving New Hampshire voters is to be seen, whether moving voters in her her home state, kind of what happens from here. But there is, you know, there's a long there's a long way, but it gets harder and harder. It gets harder to make the case for viability for your campaign. It can get harder for to get donations if you're not performing at or above expectations. Um, yeah, and the question for her is whether she can stick in it with a two-person race and how long, you know, as the field has really thinned quite a bit. Uh, what about but, the options? Uh, so all eyes are really on there. Yeah. What about the options for Dean Phillips? He says if he gets twenty percent, which is a threshold he lowered from forty percent of support in New Hampshire, that he that that was going to be a win for him. Do you think a that's yeah. uh, adequate? And um, I mean, does he have a path forward? The New Hampshire, the Democratic side is really interesting here. If it catch people up. President Biden is not actually on the ballot in New Hampshire because New Hampshire is bucking the the calendar, right? It's supposed to be South Carolina first on the Democrat side. Uh, and New Hampshire said, sorry, we want to be first in the nation. We're going anyway. Yeah, it's so their, the delegates, it's their state law. Better. It's their no. state law that they yeah. have to be first. They didn't change it. Right. So uh, there's a dispute here over that. So President Biden is not even on the ballot here. Um, he, his supporters are urging people to write in his campaign. There's like 20 candidates that are on the ballot, right? Including our local Congressman Dean Phillips, who has really, really staked his viability of his long shot campaign to challenge president Biden for the democratic nomination on New Hampshire. You know, he really does need to show as we wrote this morning, a strong showing, meeting or beating expectations. As you mentioned, Jordana, he has set the bar at about 20% now um, for what he thinks would be a, a good showing. That could give some, you know, boost his argument that Democrats want an alternative to Biden and are hungry for it. I don't know what kind of infrastructure, if any, he has in South Carolina and Michigan so far with his kind of bootstrap campaign here that he's been fueling his own money into. Um, but, you know, doing well could put some wind into his sails. On the flip side, getting trounced uh, will really undercut his argument that he has any chance or viability here uh, in what was already kind of a long shot bid. And so there's a lot at stake for Congressman Phillips tonight in New Hampshire. And the math just gets a little complicated. That's one of the complicated things on the, the Democratic side about the odds here is, is you do have so many people on the ballot on that side that you're not going to write in President Biden or maybe your Democrat is going to stay home or, um, you know, you've got a lot of a lot of options. And as a three term congressman from Minnesota, Congressman Phillips had a lot of work to do in terms of um, introducing himself mm -hmm. to New Hampshire voters on a very short time frame. So, you know, we'll see. He says he's going to stay and he says he's not going to drop out. Um, he says he's planning, he told our, my colleague in New Hampshire just the other day that he's planning on staying in for, you know, South Carolina, for Michigan, these early primaries. His intention is to stay in through the convention. Uh, but this will kind of show us how realistic that is, what and happens the, today. And this is the part that intrigues me and why, Jordana, back to your question of why I suddenly am kind of 
viewing the New Hampshire primary with curiosity is if he is able to do that. It's do- I, I think that doesn't say as much about Dean Phillips as it says about Joe Biden. And I think then that exposes to Joe Biden all what, what the poll suggests that he is a weak candidate. And I wonder if more and more people start to realize that if that happens. And it not necessarily mean that Dean Phillips would be the nominee, but I wonder if a lot of people start thinking, uh-oh, we have to find somebody else. I mean, that's kind of what it... Well, well yeah, we'll see. I mean, the one, you know, reality of how this works, too, is that if he does very well and outperforms expectations, he's going to get a flood of media coverage. And when, money. Until this point, and money, right? Sure. Yep. Potentially money. More people could give his campaign a look in terms of of donating, whether it's grassroots or big donors. And of course, he is very wealthy and has been partially, I believe, uh, funding his campaign. Um, but you know that will get give him some some more um, more notoriety, more people taking a look heading into these states. And so, because really up until this point, there's been a lot of focus on the Republican side, of course, more contested. But especially if we come out of New Hampshire. And it looks like President, former President Trump, is really, you know, the presumptive nominee. Um, maybe some attention could turn to Congressman Phillips. On the other hand, you know, he still has a very, very tough road ahead in terms of uh, staying in the race, building the infrastructure in these other states where he likely has very little name identification. Um, again, as a congressman from Minnesota, um, and the president team has a big, you know. A lot of members of Congress behind him, a uh, lot of money behind him. And so uh, we'll see what happens tonight. We're going to be watching closely, too. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank God you will be, and so will Adam. You let me know what happens. Um, Tori, I want to move on to this Pete Stauber tweet, or X. I'm not sure. What, what do you call it now? Do you X? Do you do you just post? I don't know. We do call it X, but I'm not sure what the verb is. Okay. Well, Pete Stauber X'd uh, this, that he is proud to announce that Duluth, Minnesota, and Superior, Wisconsin have received over a billion dollars in federal funding to help replace the Blotnick Bridge. This is a huge win for hashtag MN08. And Pete says, I was proud to advocate for these funds. Now, X put a little caveat, you know, when there are false tweets or Xs, they put a little caveat at the bottom of the tweet. And this X post says the funding was allocated as part of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which Stauber voted against. First of all, good on X. For doing a fact check that, you know, Starber tweeted something that was incorrect. So they put a little caveat that, you know, this isn't true. He didn't actually vote for that. But what is your response to that? And is there any nuance that part of the bill was removed? So now he supports it. I don't want to misrepresent him or the current bill. Well, I will say that state and federal Democrats definitely noted that tweet. Uh, And you've kind of seen 
a little, I don't know if you still use the word ratioed on X versus Twitter, but the congressman did get ratioed a little bit in terms of people kind of dunking on his tweet and pointing out everyone from the White House, I believe, tweeted the governor wall saying, whoa, 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 you don't get to take credit for this. You know, it was uh, President Biden. Um, it was a bipartisan infrastructure bill, but other members who voted for this bill, uh, you didn't you didn't vote for this bill. Now, the, the potential caveat here uh, that I've not full disclosure, I've not talked to the congressman's um, office about, but I will just note that you can advocate for funding for one specific project without supporting a broader bill that a project is in. So I don't know what the backstory is there. Um, of course, you know, you can have issues. This happens all the time on legislation where you have issues with maybe you support one provision in it. This is a huge, massive bill. You don't like the whole thing for some other reason and you vote against it. Don't know if that was the circumstance here. But what this is interesting because this is a bigger dynamic um, where it's not, uh, you know, everybody likes to cut likes to take credit for the infrastructure once it happens. And I recall in one of these infrastructure bills, this actually coming up at a press conference with some Democratic members of Congress saying, you know, our, our Republican colleagues didn't vote for this, but I guarantee you they're going to be at the ribbon cutting. And Governor Walls talks about that with the bonding bill sometimes. You know, the Republican lawmaker who didn't vote for something is going to be at the ribbon cutting because everyone likes to take credit for the projects once the shovel hits the ground. This is a bigger issue for uh, the Biden campaign that came up in the New York Times, the Daily podcast recently, uh, where, you know, they want to make the Democrats want to say, look what we did. Yeah. We're making your communities better. We're making we're making this big bridge investment. But everybody's taking credit for it. Right. Congressman Stauber, Governor Walsh, uh, President Biden is going to be up there and in Superior uh, later this week touting it. The governor of Wisconsin, I saw Betty McCollum, congressman who did vote for the bill, uh, you know, tweeting or putting something out about it. So it is a little bit of a a gotcha or needling moment for Democrats, kind of throwing an elbow at at Congressman Stauber over this. Uh, But the reality is this is something that kind of happens in the political you know, gamesmanship. And uh, it does point to a bigger kind of messaging problem the White House has ahead of them as they make their case in the next election. Yeah, big time over uh, pretty much everything uh, involving the economy. Thank you, Tori. We appreciate the time and uh, we'll talk to you again. Appreciate it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.